You're listening to the Utah Man Podcast, bringing you the latest news and analysis for your Utah Utes. Now, your hosts, Cameron, Ryan, and Scott. Welcome on into the Utah Man Podcast. On this episode, we're talking Utah recruiting, Utah transfers, and looking ahead to the NFL draft. I'm your first pick, Cameron, and we got our second pick, Ryan. What's up, you nation? And then we have our seventh round, probably free agent, Scott. <laughs> hey, cool cats and kittens. <laughs> hey, you know what? Hence Tom, the reason Tom, seventh round. Tom Brady was a late draft pick as well, and he's a Hall of Famer, so I'm just saying. <laughs> Hey, it's it's good to talk to you guys. I hope everyone's doing well out there while we're still kind of dealing with this virus going around. We're still practicing social distancing. But before we jump into everything, how are you guys doing with this quarantine? Have you watched Tiger King at all? I'm out. I have not watched one minute of it. Oh, you need to. I basically have turned my house into a tiger sanctuary. I don't know. I've heard I've heard some people love it, and I've heard others just say it's it's a horrible experience. So I haven't pulled myself in to watch it yet. It's kind of both. There's moments where you're like, "This is the best thing in the world," and other moments you're like, "I'm going to regret having watched this in the morning." <laughs> I've watched it. It was it, it was it was like watching a, a train wreck, kind of where you just it is so cringe. You don't want to watch, but you have to. It was one of those things for me. <laughs> yeah, Joe Exotic, man, he's uh, he's something else. It's like he grew up in Provo or something. Provo. <laughs> 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 oh my god! Hey, I, I think we should play a quick game. We could each of our rivals is going to be a character from the show. No, I like this. I like this. So you've already dubbed, you've already dubbed BYU as Joe Exotic. Joe Exotic, and and he, they're gonna wind up in jail. Um, then all, all this, all this, all this online fan polls is not gonna save them. They're done. Arizona's got to be the lady who killed her husband. No, right. yeah, I, I, no, no, because they gotta, they gotta act like they didn't do anything wrong. But everyone knows, under the surface, they're paying players. Dude, USC, they killed their husband a long time ago. <laughs> Fed him to the Trojan. <laughs> we and now we all know it. The the guy who tried to, I don't remember his name, but the guy who tried to save the zoo, like his Vegas buddy. Whatever that guy's name is, with the girlfriend and the nanny, that's U.S. That's UCLA, where they want to fake that they really belong, but they really don't. And and all the UC, UCLA players, they wear a lot of affliction T-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> I I think uh, I think Colorado is boyfriend number one, <laughs> and. And Arizona State is definitely boyfriend number two. There's no question asked. High as a kite, didn't even realize what's going on. <laughs> what a way to, what a way to start off the podcast. 
and 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 Larry Scott is the uh, is the is the filmmaker. <laughs> what was that guy's name? Maybe I'm gonna have to start watching. And 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 U Dub is the campaign manager. <laughs> the only normal one. <laughs> well, somewhat normal. <laughs> well, I guess yeah, compared to everyone else. All right, so we jump in to to some recruiting real quick. That that was some good radio right there. <laughs> All right, let's transition to what's important. Some some actual Utah information here. So quarterback wise, this is a perfect fit for me. I feel like I can I can fit really well with the team. I think they're always going to have people around me, and also just being able to help the team as much as possible. And then also just coaching wise and stuff it's just i love all the coaching staff man it make you feel like family feel like i build a good relationship with them especially coach ludwig i love the offense i love how it's ran and then just school wise i feel like it's a place i can be for four years and just feel comfortable and at home so that was peter costelli you know verbally committed to utah a couple days ago on espn 700 he's a four-star uh, he's a junior right now, going to his senior year. This is a big-time recruit. He had offers. Just run down the list real quick, the, the kind of the top ones. Michigan State, Nebraska, Oregon, LSU, Arizona, Colorado, Cal. This is a, this is a, a very good sign for Utah. Uh, I'll, I'll throw it over to you guys on, on your thoughts of what's going on and, and maybe how it affects Utah. It's a great pickup, but in, for me, until they sign that letter of intent, I don't know how how much I buy into ver- into verbal commits. Family on three, family on three. I mean, well, I, you're, you're right, Cameron. All we don't. This is all just hyperbole until he signs on the dotted line, and and we've seen this happen before, and. You know, these, some of these kids commit and then end up going elsewhere. Um, but th- I mean, I think this speaks highly to the culture that Woodingham's built. I mean, you heard it right there when he said family. Uh, that's that's what Whittingham is all about, and that's what all these guys, all the players throughout these last several years, continue to talk about that it's a family atmosphere. Uh, and it's, I, I mean, on paper, it's a huge pickup. Um, but until he's here, until he competes, uh, we don't know. And we've, you know, we've seen this happen with uh, what's his name that left here two years ago, Jack uh, Tuttle. <laughs> Jack Tuttle. Yeah, Jack Tuttle. Um, highly recruited out of high school and then flopped. So you don't know until they get here. But it, it obviously looks great. You guys are a bunch of negative Nancys, man. No. Get off get off your butts and get excited for this kid. They gotta verbally commit before they can sign any letter. It's you know, it's baby steps here. This kid, four star, absolute you know, dual threat in every sense of the word. He is lightning fast. Um, just watching his his tape, he is gonna be a weapon for Ludwig moving forward. Or for Scally, if he's that fast. (laughs) 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 But you know what? I mean, regardless of of how, you know, how this turns out, because yeah, we, we saw, we saw clear as day, Jack Tuttle. We thought he was going to be 
the, the greatest quarterback to ever don the crimson red and the Highland high black that we like to wear and all the other mixture of whatever colors we end up going with. And, and yeah, he flamed out. So you never truly know what you have until they're actually here and they're producing under the tutelage of these coaches. But at the end of the day, I think, I think what you, every Ute fan should get excited about is the trend that is happening with quarterback recruiting at the University of Utah. Never have we recruited four-star after four-star after four-star quarterback to campus. It just hasn't happened. Well, and those are very, know? very valid points, Scott, because right now right in the, in the quarterback room, they have Jake Bentley, Cam Rising, and then next year, if you know this commitment comes through, you know you're gonna have Cam Rising, and 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 Peter Costelli, who are four star recruits. I guess my only my only thing why I'm holding off is look at what he did. So he was gonna hold his commitment until he visited other programs, right? Because of the virus, he didn't go out and and do those official visits. The recruiting doesn't stop just because he's committed. You know, Nebraska, who's high on his list, did you is not, still going to be Did you not see his tweet? His tweet said 100%. Done deal. <laughs> Boom. No, I don't, don't, don't make me into this bad guy where you I like this guy. negative Ute fan. Because I'm not. I, heck, you, I want as many five, four-star guys to commit to Utah. What you said, this is big. For, for Utah to go in this early and get a four-star commit, that is what you want in a program. That is how you move your program from what it is to the, to the next level, right? Because you have a four-star verbally committed quarterback that can now be kind of your cornerstone of your class, and you can go out and get other high-talented guys. A, bi- a big-time star, what you saying, Scott, he, he, he is a dual-threat quarterback. He's running the 100 meters. I saw he ran a 10.8. I don't know anything about track, but I looked it up. For 2019, that would have won the state championship in the state of Utah. So he's lightning fast. It's exciting. I'm not saying you can't celebrate it as a Utah fan. I'm just, I'm just saying you can celebrate it, but with the caveat that it, you know, it it might not happen. What may not happen? That he comes to Utah. Oh, he's coming, dude. Have you have you listened to what he has to say? He is like in love, dude. He and Ludwig are like Tiger King and, and Tiger. <laughs> oh, it all comes full circle. I, all I'm saying is, I celebrate, be happy when when kids commit, but I try not to get too high or too low when it comes to this kind of stuff, because you never know what happens. Like what Ryan said with, with Jack Tuttle. You know, I, I think that was a valuable lesson, how everything was all in on that and it kind of kind of backfired. I mean, it looks like Utah's been able to kind of pull themselves out of that with the transfer portal. But you just never know. All right, again, so let me just reiterate this point. So I, I know I'm going to get a lot of heat on Twitter. I am excited for this. I, I do want Costelli to come into the program because it, it is a, a big-time recruit. Just for me personally, I don't I don't get too high or too low. Yeah, back up those comments, Sir Cam. <laughs> Whatever. 
And in the next segment, Cam is Peter Costelli's number one cheerleader. <laughs> we'll be back after these messages. Sit From Carol Baskins. <laughs> All right, let's. We do got to take a, a quick break, and we'll get right back at it with some transfer news into Utah. So Utah got some big news. Uh, Devin Kafusi from BYU transfers uh, from BYU over to Utah. He was a three-star recruit out of high school. Uh, DN six seven two fifty seven. You know, didn't he play a whole lot um, at at BYU? And it, it looks like you know the reason why he's wanting to come over is to develop uh, into a better player. I know a lot of people took that as shots at BYU. I I think it is a little bit of a shot, and I think it is a shot coming from him. I, so, I mean, it may not have been completely intended to come across that way, but when I when I first heard it, I th- I thought it was a shot across the bow of the coaching staff at BYU. How can it not be a shot? His little the the literal words out of his mouth. I just felt that for me to develop into that person that I want to become, it wasn't happening here. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how you paint it any other way. That is a shot at, at Kalani. That's a shot at Tuiaki. I don't want to play bad football anymore. <laughs> well, and then, I mean, obviously the Kafusi the Kafusi name is is prominent at both schools, but it's nice to get that uh, that name back at the U. That could that could play dividends down the road too. Yeah, all it takes is one. All it takes is one. And the the thing I like about it, I mean, I don't ha- I don't have big expectations because you know he really he's not a proven commodity, um, so you really don't know what, what we're going to get out of him. But at six seven. He's he's a big body, and uh, give him a couple of years, a redshirt year, and another year, another couple of years in the program, weightlifting, working under these coaches who have proven and, and developed so many elite players. I think he's got a shot, but but by no means is he a lock to to you know be a starter one day or to be a you know the next mayor of Sac Lake City. What are you talking about? He's a hundred percent committed. Jump on the bandwagon, Scott. <laughs> he is committed, but he's got bad ties. He's got bad history. <laughs> Peter Costelli. Mm-mm. Peter Costelli. He's fresh. So he does have what two years to play three. Uh, so he does have to sit out a year, but he can use you know his redshirt year in in the twenty twenty season. Unless there is a waiver. Uh, looks like the NCAA is looking to vote on that, I think, next month. Um, and I'm not sure if that's going to apply to players this year, if it's going to apply for next year. But with Utah losing so much on the defensive line and on the DNs, I think the more the more bodies you can get in there, the better. And even though Devin isn't a proven player and a proven Division One player at this point, the fact that he has been in a college program for two years, I think does kind of bode well for him. He, he's used to the season. He's used to the practices. Scott, you're not agreeing with me. I I use the, the term collegiate atmosphere pretty loosely from where he's coming from. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean you, you have... Yes, G, a G5 to a P5, yes, it is a step up. 
but at the same time, you there's a reason to be cautiously optimistic because Utah wouldn't have brought him on if they didn't see some potential. No, for sure. And, and, and I, I, I don't think it, the fact that Max Tupai, his, uh, his future is up in the air, whether he's going to ever play football again or be a part of the program moving forward. Obviously you lose, uh, um, uh, an eye to, to the draft. So, you know, there's, there's, there's opportunities there. And I think, uh, you know, numbers wise, I think they, they said, Hey, we got nothing to lose. Let's take a shot and see what happens. So. Well, and I think it also helps in the fact that a guy that does have what I was saying, experience at that level with all the new guys coming in, you know, the freshman with the Van Villinger and the Xavier Carlton, you know, he can kind of help them kind of navigate college football in their first season. I, I, I'd be surprised if he gets the waiver. Um, I'll bet you he's going to have to sit out. And in, in some ways, I think for his own progression, that's going to be just fine. But yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned two two young guys that are pretty heralded recruits in Carlton and, and Van that, um, you know, we're going to see from the right off the bat what they have. And, and if they're ready to, to play pivotal snaps at, at this level this early. So I'm, I'm excited to see how that goes. I mean, you could add Tyler uh, Wedges. Wedges? How do you pronounce his name, Cam? <laughs> you don't even ask. <laughs> You know who, so I always go to you. Do you know who I'm kind of excited to see? And I obviously that that's a complete unknown because he has he's been hurt his first two years. But uh, Blake Keithy, if he's near anywhere near the athlete his brother is, there's and he's healthy. That could be fun to watch. Well, and, and wasn't wasn't Blake kind of the more heralded recruit um, when we got both the Keithy brothers? I don't know, so. maybe maybe. Maybe I'm kind of making that up in my head, but I remember I remember kind of expecting more from him early on versus uh, Brent. Um, but Blake, Blake, uh, you know, he's just battled injuries since he's been here. So the, the biggest question mark with him is can he can he get healthy and stay healthy? Um, but yeah, I'd love to see what he could do, you know. And then you've got some some younger guys in the in the program. Some putu towels that we got like twelve putu towels in the in in the program at the moment. So two or two of those twelve are going to produce just uh, just that science right there. And uh, and then you got that Mika Sugatoraga. I, I I can't pronounce that name. That's a tough one. Let's I, go to Cam for that one. I'm good. <laughs> What what would be your what would be your best guess on that last name? I I'm not even gonna try. I, I'm not even gonna I, try. I would say you're probably pretty close. Sugu Sugutur Sugutaraga. Sugutaraga. If you, if you put it with like a Spanish accent on it, it just kind of blends. Sugarata. <laughs> <laughs> you killed my father. Prepare to die. I'll give you purple slurpee. You give me Mika Sagrata and I give you purple slurpee. You just butchered it that time. <laughs> <laughs> you just you added consonants that weren't even there. Bring him to the <laughs> motherland and I, I'll produce Mika Sagrataga. <laughs> oh shoot. 
And Van Fillinger, that sounds like a movie, like Van Wilder. It's like the sequel. <laughs> he seems like he would be the main character in a in a Van Damme movie. <laughs> Is there any 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 other DNs on the roster you want to call out their names? Uh, Mika Tufua. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Mika, Mika Tufua. The the well, he's proven. I mean, he's proven. He he's he's gonna be. Kind of the guy that, uh, as far as just production name value, somebody who you can you can kind of rely on to produce at that level. So I mean, there's a, there's a number of guys that are going to have the opportunity to step up and fill those fill those uh, opportunities. But yeah, Mika Mika's going to be the guy moving forward, uh, regardless. Yeah, and I think the the big question is kind of what you hit on, Scott, is, is what happens with Max Tupai. You know, he wasn't going to be playing in spring. I guess that doesn't matter now that spring football was canceled. Uh, but moving forward with this program, it is going to be interesting to see where Max is, is you know, in, in relation with this roster. But definitely, you know, to, to me, bringing Devin in, they see a need there. I think the coaching staff, you know, needs, sees a need, and that's why, you know, he, he was welcomed into the program. So we've been talking about kind of the DNs for next year. I want to take a step back and kind of talk about the outlook for the football season. Uh, I know there's a lot of unknowns right now with, with the virus and what's going on, but there has been a lot of suggestions thrown out there. And I'm curious to see what you guys think will happen or what the first one, obviously games as usual, you know, starting at the end of August pushing the season in September without fans conference games only. And I think that one's really interesting where every, every league will just play nine games. Um, bowl eligibility, bowl eligibility will obviously be cut down to, to five wins or, or possibly four I've seen. And then there's this notion of pushing the season to start even January or even February. I don't, where you know, where are you guys I'm, thinking I'm, on this? I'm all for the January, February, just so USC has to play here in the winter. Can Can you imagine? Larry, we're gonna get Larry Scott. We're gonna won't get have Pac-12, that happen. We're gonna get Pac-12 Network games in January at 8 p.m. Oh, <laughs> uh, you can bet Woody Dixon's gonna make sure of that. I don't know if if they can. If they can guarantee that this we can put fans in the seats by postponing the season, I'm all for that. But if there's any chance that they're going to say there's no mass gatherings until like who knows, like next spring or something, then just I'd I'd just soon have a play out the season play as usual with empty stadiums so we can just watch them on TV. Next year, I fully expect a canceled season fee on my renewal. Um, but <laughs> but I, be a lot I, honestly, I'm hidden, not quite, hidden line item in there. <laughs> I'm not quite sure where I stand. Whether I want uh, the season to start as is in September and and, and play in front of empty stadiums. I mean, yes. Do I want football? Yes. Do I want that kind of football? I'm not sure I do. I just, I don't think it's going to be the same. It wouldn't be the same because there's so much, the the players 
feed off the atmosphere and uh, and that it just it'd be like watching going out to the park and watching a bunch of guys play football yeah i mean it it literally would be watching like any BYU game in the month of november where nobody's <laughs> in the stands anyways and they're playing whoever you know there's no excitement there so no i mean i i think i think most definitely um if if we have to push it push it back a little bit, I think it'd be kind of interesting to see how that goes. Because if if you push it back to a January February start, does that impact the following year? Are they still able to? Because you lost spring ball this year, you're going to lose spring ball if you do yeah, that. Because next can't, year you can't come right out of that and go back to spring football and turn around and be back in the fall. That gives the guys no break at all. Yeah. And, and I, and I think, I think regardless, when you start up again, whether it's the fall or whether it's uh, in January, February, I think it's going to be some pretty ugly football to start because you're, you're going to have a lot of teams who have had these enormous breaks who did not get a play spring ball, or at least not, uh, you know, do it in, in its entirety. And, uh, and then what kind of lead up time are they going to have what you know as far as a fall camp to be able to uh, kind of get back in the rhythm and, and get back in uh, in game shape and all that so there's a lot of questions you know I, I, I saw um, Harlan said that roughly mid-June is when they think they'll have a decision on on when and if the season's going to be played so still still a little while out um, on that but I don't know it's going to be interesting from a budgetary standpoint, it's got to be brutal th- for him thinking that football could be canceled because football pays for every other athletic uh, sport up there. And if football doesn't happen, how, yeah, you may, you, may, you may see some sports cut altogether just because athletic departments aren't going to be able to afford to, to foot the bill and pay them. Well, um, and, and you're having all the spring you know, participants get another year of eligibility. That's more scholarships that they'll have to cover next year. True. Yeah. It's not like those kids are going to school anyways, (laughs) but no, I mean, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But I I mean, I think, I think regardless of what happens, it's, it's not going to be the same type of feel that we're used to. You know, one last thought in regards to the schedule. If 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 it is does have to be condensed and we lose all these non-conference games, there goes BYU. There goes us traveling to Laramie, which is a blessing in disguise. <laughs> it may not be so bad just to play a, a shortened season. BYU fans would be so upset with their opportunity. This could probably be their best opportunity in years to beat us, too. They're going to have like a, a season playing... Navy, UMass, just, I don't even know what they would do. They just have to play all the independent teams. We'd play nine games. They'd play two. (laughs) (laughs) Quest for perfection. All right. We'd love to hear what you have to think, uh, what's going to happen with the 2020 football season. You can always hit us up on Twitter at Utah Man Podcast. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we'll be talking NFL Draft. All right, so the NFL draft is upon us. I think it can be a very good week for the Utes. I think it kind of starts off with Jalen Johnson. Uh, you know, a lot of reports have him as a late first round, early second round. 
you know, a, a guy that came out a year early, he's kind of headlighting uh, the draft for the Utes. I, I think he's got a chance to be, you know, a, a very good NFL player, especially when, with all the reviews that he's getting right now uh, and having played last season pretty much injured the entire year to be able to still be, you know, targeted as, as you know, late first round. I, I think that that's, that's huge. It's huge for the program, right? When you can get guys that can get drafted, you know, day one, that helps recruiting. Well, I mean, I mean you look at uh, even Terrell Burgess. Burgess may be the second guy off the board for Utah, even maybe ahead of a Zach Moss or Bradley Anai. Whereas a year ago at this time, we weren't sure how he was going to fill the need at, at safety. And a lot of what you're hearing from scouts about him is his ability to play multiple positions. Um, he's so instinctive, obviously, in one year starting, just absolutely blew, blew the doors off. I mean, to me, seeing Terrell Burgess that high just goes to show you what this program's doing with players um, on the defensive side. And yet you're seeing, I mean, obviously, Zach Moss. He could be anywhere from, what, a second rounder to a fourth rounder. So obviously a healthy Julian Blackman, he's getting drafted pretty early regardless. Um, now, with him coming off a torn ACL that happened late in the season, where, where do you guys legitimately expect to see Blackman drafted? Uh, with, with the injury, I'd probably say rounds five or six. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I think the things I've been reading online, you know, have him around the the fourth round. I I could see him kind of slipping because of that. So yeah, I I agree with Ryan. Maybe fifth round. But whoever whoever takes a takes a shot on him, they're they're gonna they're gonna love it at some point as soon as he's healthy because he's a player. Well, here's the thing that I find interesting is is I've heard a lot is with with a lot of these NFL teams not being able to um, bring players in, go through their normal workouts, do uh, um, you know their um, their senior days on campus, things like that. A lot of these scouts are not getting as detailed information on on, on players overall. And then there's there's this idea uh, and I'll be interested to see kind of how the draft goes if it follows suit that a lot of the smaller name schools are not going to get guys drafted because there's just not as much information. And these guys were not able to have their senior days and not have all these interviews with, with these NFL teams. So you're going to see kind of more of the big boys uh, get drafted because there's more information on them that these NFL GMs are going to go off of, which I think will be interesting because Utah falls into that. Whereas they've got a proven track record, they produce guys. They they produce guys that are ready to play in the NFL. So I think that even with the Julian Blackman injury, you know ACL injury, I, I I wouldn't be surprised to see him go maybe a little higher than expected, just just based off the circumstances that we're dealing with right now. So let me throw this out to you guys: Who do you think has the best chance? Uh, of maybe moving up in the draft of, of maybe where kind of the, you know, the mock drafts, the experts are predicting right now, who do you think has the best chance to move up in this draft? Easy. That's Cam's favorite, favorite player. Wait, hold on. 
With the fourth pick in the fourth round, the Tampa Bay Tom Brady's select Javelin Guidry. You think he's going fourth Defensive round? Back. You think he's going fourth round? I, I think I did his speed. Teams love speed. The Raiders, you know, I'm actually I think the Raiders. The Raiders are like addicted to speed. They're uh, somebody's gonna pick him earlier than expected just because of how fast he is. And 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 the fact that he played at Utah, I think those two things go hand in hand. I think he's going to be a surprise pick. Well, when you look at his career, though, he he doesn't have a ton of highlights. Like you didn't see a lot of pick sixes, even a lot of interceptions over his career. But you also, at the same time, didn't see him get beat a lot either. He, he's a he was a solid player, started from day one. Uh, so I could see him moving up, especially based off the circumstances. Um, well, he, I mean, he was never picked on. I mean, I would say the only game I can remember, and this is probably just more recency bias, was Texas in, in the bowl game. And and part of that is obviously Jalen didn't play, you know, and uh, um, I think just due to circumstances, you know, he, he was kind of put in an uncomfortable position there. But uh, – you look at the three years that he started, started as a true freshman. And yeah, he, you're right. Unfortunately, we never really had that moment where we could just let him show off his speed and, and just really see how fast he is. But, but he, he, he really, people weren't making plays on him and, and he was never picked on. I, I mean, he's kind of one of those DBs that he just got the job done and people didn't, didn't go after him all that much. So yeah, he doesn't have those highlights, but uh, I think in in some ways, it's because he wasn't all, he wasn't being tested all that much. Uh, great points. I, obviously, that speed he ran a four two at the combine. I think it was the second fastest uh, speed at the combine for this year. So I I think that's a good pick, Scott. I'm not gonna bash you as much as I want to, or as much as I would like to. I can't bash you on that <laughs> one, uh, Ryan. You're on the clock. I think there's a few that could go higher, but I think I think Francis Bernard could could get in a little higher than people think. And he only played one one full season, uh, and then a few games uh, his junior year with Utah. But I but I think that he, as solid of a player as he was, um, and with with the tradition that Utah has of putting defensive players into into the NFL, I, I think he could easily move up in based on his size and speed. I like that one. I mean, I think, I think I've seen Francis what, go from late sixth round to not drafted at all, but I, I, I like that. I think that's a good one. You know, one guy I think is getting a lot of attention right now is Lecky Fotu. Um, here, here's a guy that I think all through the combine and kind of the senior bowls and, and all those that were taking place, he wasn't getting a, a lot of pub and a lot of talk. Uh, but it kind of seems like the last two weeks, his name keeps getting popped up more and more uh, when talking about defensive linemen in this group. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Lecky go in the third round. I, if he can go on, on a Friday night, I I think that's that would be awesome. That would be awesome for Lecky. 
It would be awesome. I just hope whichever team drafts him has a helmet big enough for his head. Because every time the Utah, every time he was shown on TV, like his head was about to pop out of that helmet. <laughs> uh, sorry, sorry, we can't draft him. We don't have a, we don't have a big enough helmet. We're gonna have to, we're gonna have to move him off the board. <laughs> so, so this here's the question: Tyler Huntley, does he get drafted? I don't think he does. I, I don't. I don't think he gets drafted. I, here's the here's the flip side of the argument you had, Scott, is having not having the exposure. Some of these guys could go up, but I think he's one that could benefit from a pro day. Having some of these some of these NFL scouts come to the U and see him throw in person and see his speed and his arm strength, I think that could have benefited him. But I, if you're gonna go, go strictly off of what he you've seen in game film, I, I don't see him getting drafted. So here, here's why I think you're wrong is not only will he get drafted. I think he, I think he'll get drafted before. I think he'll go no later than the fifth round. Wow. Oh, wow. And, and part, part of the reason is these G NFL GMs, obviously they're all QB hungry, right? And they're all looking for that next guy. Huntley is very, he's kind of that guy that could just bust it with potential. And I think in a late round draft pick, there's going to be a GM that's willing to take a shot with his athleticism, his completion percentage, which, which led the country next to Joe Burrow. That's going to get, all he needs is one GM to fall in love with him. But overall, and I think this is the kicker, is all these GMs are going to look at it and go, Wait, Utah, Utah has a draftable quarterback. He must be good. <laughs> and they're going to ha- they're going to take him. Because it just doesn't happen. Utah, we we don't outside of Alex Smith, we don't get our quarterbacks drafted. I think they're going to be so shocked and flabbergasted. They're going to do it. I don't know. I still stick with my I think I I think he goes to a camp as a free agent, but I don't think he gets drafted. Mark my words, fourth or fifth round. Fourth or fifth round? That's crazy. Wow. Wow. Do you hang out with John Elway? I uh, I just sold him a tiger. All right. So we kind of, you know, we throw it out who we thought is going to move up the most. Uh, you know, I, I do want to get your guys' prediction on how many youths you think will get drafted. Uh, before we do that, uh, I, I do want to just point something out I think is is pretty cool and I think it says a lot about Utah's program so if you haven't heard that the draft was going to be in Las Vegas it's been canceled um, to do it live and it's all going to be you know virtual um, people in their homes or, or their offices uh, for for the television but they're going to have 58 prospects that have been invited to be part of the TV program and have cameras in their home. And there's two youths that got picked for it, Jalen Johnson and Zach Moss. Out of 58 guys, two of them are youths. I, I think, you know, I think that that speaks a lot to to the type of program Utah runs where they develop guys, right? That they have kids that come in and, and they get them ready for the NFL in three to four years. I I, th- I just think it speaks volumes to have those two invited. 
Ryan, I'll kick it over to you first. How many Utes will get drafted? I say eight Utes get drafted, but I say 12 will end up in camps. Wow. Eight, eight drafted. I mean, that would, that would what, tie 2017? That, that would be great. Yep. Scott, how many, do you, how many do you think? I'm going double digits, guys. Uh, and I, and I'm, I'm not, I'm oh not gosh. trying to be, I'm not trying to be unrealistic, but, but out of these 10, tell me who's not going to get drafted. Jalen Johnson. Sure thing. Trell Burgess. Sure thing. Zach Moss. Sure thing. Bradley and I sure thing. Blackman. Sure thing. Foto Sure thing. I think Bernard's a sure thing. I think Gidry's a sure thing. So that's nine right there. So you're telling me out of John Penasini, who's a completely underrated defensive tackle. I think he's going to has a great chance to be t- uh, drafted. Tyler Huntley, who I've already guaranteed a fourth or fifth round grade on. And and then there's a flyer in Darren Paulo or Josh Nurse. I think there could be more than 10, but I think 10's the basement. And I and call me a homer. I just I just speak scout GM facts. Wow. Well, this is this is this is Scott's uh, episode for uh going over the top, man. He's starting with Peter Costelli and ending with 10 plus draft picks. And, and you know what? I think Costelli has a chance to get drafted. <laughs> oh. okay, there's one guy you didn't list Simpkins. Does he get drafted then? Um, no, even the XFL said no to him. <laughs> I can't go as high as you on that one, Scott. Um, I, you, I think you're watching a little too much tiger King. I, I'm going to go <laughs> seven. I'll go seven. Seven Utes. Okay, but here's here's my here's my question to you guys: Who's not getting drafted then? I I said eight, and so I think the ones not getting drafted are Huntley, uh, Penasini, Nurse, and Paulo. But I think all of those four, they all get free agent uh, signings and end up in camps. Cam, I don't think Bernard's getting. I could see Bernard falling. Wow. I had him going up, and you got him falling out. Well, I'm I'm not all that surprised by Mister Pessimistic over there. Oh, um, <laughs> I'm I'm quite honest. I'm a little shocked he's got seven. You know, I thought he'd go with maybe like two or three. Fine, I'll go eight, and I'll throw Bernard in there. Oh, look at <laughs> beep, beep, oh, whatever, beep. whatever. <laughs> It's proof. It, you can bully Cam into anything. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'll do it for this episode. Ryan, where can people find you on Twitter? At Drum and Feather. That's Drum, the letter N, Feather. And Scott? Yeah, you can find me, Cool Cats and Kittens, at Uteman underscore forever. You can follow me on Instagram, on Twitter, at Utah Man Podcast. You can always go to our home at utahmanpodcast.com and we're available on all platforms. If you're anywhere you listen to a podcast, we are there. And hopefully in the next coming days, it's a great draft for the Utes. And I hope, Scott, you're right that there's 10 plus, but we'll see. Go Utes. Go Utes. Go Utes. We'll be till I die. Kayai. We're good. Let's cut it. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are their own and are no way affiliated with the University of Utah.